Happy Purim, everyone. Uh, if you don't know what Purim is, it's a uh, Jewish holiday that uh, is based off a, a story in the Megillah. And today I'm going to read a story to kind of explain uh, more about the Purim story. It's called Queen Esther Saves Her People. Uh, retold by Rita Golden Gelman, illustrated by Frayne Lesak, unofficial reading. The Book of Esther is a Bible story that takes place more than 2,500 years ago in the city of Shushan in the ancient Persian Empire. It is a story of good and evil, of caring and callousness, and of the extraordinary courage of one young woman. Ahasuerus, king of the Persian Empire, was vain, foolish, and hot-tempered. He liked to show off his riches at huge parties where guests drank from golden goblets and ate from silver bowls. The business of running the empire was left to the king's uh, advisors. Ahasuerus was too busy drinking and eating to bother with thinking. It was at one of his parties that the king ordered his wife, the beautiful Queen Vashti, to dance. The queen refused. Ahasuerus was enraged. How dare she disobey me? Get rid of her, he said to his advisors. And the next day, Queen Vashti was banished. Days, weeks, months went by. Osrus grew lonely and very bad-tempered. He, had, he missed Queen Vashti. He will punish us for what happened to the queen, said one of his advisors. He will hang us, said another. But not if we can find him a new queen, who is even more beautiful than Vashti, said a third. The search began. Beautiful young women arrived at the palace from all over the empire. Now there was in the city of Shushan, not far from the palace, a beautiful young woman named Esther. She lived with her cousin Mordechai, for both of her parents had died when she was a baby. Esther and Mordechai lived in Persia, but they were not Persian, they were Jewish. Many years before they were born, their ancestors had been taken prisoner by the king of Persia and brought to his country. By the time Azarus became king, the Jews were no longer prisoners. They spoke Persian and dressed like their Persian neighbors. They lived by the law of their new land. They bought and sold in the market. They even served in the king's army. But in their homes, they practiced the Jewish religion. When the search for a new queen was announced, Mordechai tried to hide Esther from the king's men, for everyone knew what had happened to the last queen. But Esther's beauty was known throughout the city. One day, soldiers came to the door, and Esther was taken to the palace. Don't tell anyone you're Jewish, Mordechai whispered before she left, for it is said that there are many in the court who would harm the Jews. Inside the palace walls, Esther lived in a special house with, young, uh, uh, with other young women. For one year, they were massaged with fragrant oils and sprinkled with exotic perfumes. Their hair was brushed, their nails were clipped, their lips were painted, uh, their cheeks were blushed, all this to prepare them to meet the king. The young woman spoke many languages, they were of many religions, and they were all beautiful, each in her own way. Esther enjoyed meeting women from many different parts of the empire, but she missed Mordechai. She was not allowed to leave the palace grounds, and he was not allowed to enter. 
Each day, Mordechai walked past the woman's courtyard and looked inside so he would know what his cousin was doing. One by one, day after day, the women were brought to the king, and one by one, day after day, he rejected them all. Finally, it was Esther's turn. Though she was offered robes that sparkled with gold and necklaces that radiated with diamonds, Esther chose to wear a simple white dress. When she entered the king's chambers, it was her natural beauty that sparkled and radiated. The king was overwhelmed. He placed the royal crown on her head and proclaimed her Queen Esther. Mordechai missed his cousin. He spent many hours sitting near the gateway to the palace, where servants of the king and queen would gather and gossip. There he would listen for news about Esther. One day, Mordechai overheard two servants plotting to kill the king. He immediately sent a message to Esther, and Esther told the king. The servants were hanged on a tree. Later, the story of the assassination plot and Mordechai's warning were recorded in the king's diary. In, at just about the same time, a man named Haman was made the prime minister of Persia. Since I am prime minister, Haman told the king, you must order everyone to bow down before me. The king, of course, did what he was told. Wherever Haman went, people bowed, but Mordechai refused. I am a Jew, said Mordechai, and Jews do not bow down to human beings. Whenever Haman walked through the palace gate, he saw Mordechai standing while everyone else bowed. He insults me, thought Haman. I will have him killed. And with him, every Jew in Persia, thousands will die because Mordechai is a fool. That night, Haman chose a day, twelve months later, when all the Jews would die. The next morning, the king was playing cards when Haman arrived. Sire, said Haman, there are certain people scattered throughout the empire whose ways are different from the rest of the people, and they refuse to obey your laws. You must decree that they all be killed, men, women, and children. I have chosen the thirteenth day of the month of Adar for the killings. You may do whatever you like, said the king distractedly, and went back to playing his game. Because of the evil mind of Haman and the empty mind of the king, all Jews in Persia were sentenced to die. While Jews throughout the empire heard the news, they wept, wailed, and mourned. Queen Esther, sheltered inside the palace walls, never even heard about the decree until Mordechai sent her a message. You must plead with the king to save your people, he told her. Esther trembled when she heard what Mordechai was asking. No one, not even the queen, was permitted to approach the king unless he called for her. The penalty was death. Esther sent a message back to Mordechai. I am afraid, she said. I have not even seen the king for thirty days. You cannot think about yourself, she, he responded. It is possible that you have been put on the throne for this very moment. You must go. For three days Esther fasted and prayed, and all the Jews in Shushan fasted and prayed with her. On the third day, she walked towards the king's courtyard. If I die, I die, she thought. There was a hush when the, court, when the courtiers saw the queen enter. The king looked at Queen Esther. He saw another queen defying his rules, risking death. But instead of becoming angry, he welcomed her. What is it you wish, Queen Esther, he asked. If it is to your liking, my king, I invite you and Haman to come today to a banquet I have prepared. The king turned to his servants. See that Haman makes himself ready, he ordered. Oh, see that Haman makes himself ready, he ordered. Esther and, his and her guests wined and dined in elegance. When the last dessert was eaten, the king asked again, What is it you wish, Queen Esther? 
Whatever it is, you shall have it, even if it is half the kingdom. Esther began to speak, but the words would not come. For now, she said, I only ask that you and Haman come back again tomorrow for another banquet. I will tell you then what what it is that I wish. Haman left the banquet, all puffed up with his own importance. But when he stepped out of the gate, there was Mordechai, refusing to bow down. Haman quivered with rage. When he arrived home, he said to his wife, I can never be happy as long as Mordechai mocks me. Then hang him, she said. You're the prime minister. Haman was pleased with her suggestion. He immediately ordered that a huge gallows be built so the whole city could see what happened to people who refused to bow down to him. If you like this episode, tune in next Tuesday, and please consider subscribing or writing a review. And remember, keep reading! Shout out to Hannah Greenberg's Pre-K Room 7 at Stephen S. Wise. Hope you're listening.